0: Your need-to-know cultural snapshot of Wisconsin and beyond. This is What's on Tap with Sandy Max. A deep dive into all things intriguing, riveting, and entertaining. And now, your host for the evening, here's
1: Sandy Max. Happy Monday, February 5th. How you doing? I'm Sandy Max. Very happy to be here with you, spending an hour talking about culture and creativity and... I didn't win any Grammy, but I'm excited that someone that I know did and somebody that you know. If you listened on Friday or caught up on the podcast at WTMJ.com, you heard Milwaukee native, Pius grad, Marquette grad, Cheryl Pavelski. She's the owner of Omnivore Recordings, a super cool record label that spotlights and focuses their work on preserving the legacies of artists. And it's a wide range Cheryl has already won Grammys for work preserving music of Hank Williams, Mr. Rogers from PBS, who was a jazz musician, and also the band Wilco out of Chicago. So that's the range of artists that she has worked with and and saved the music of so all of us can enjoy. Well, she was nominated for Best Historical Album on a project she'd been working on almost 20 years. And last night, Cheryl Pavelski... One again at the grammy so we have some wisconsin pride and there's some other wisconsinites at the grammys and uh we'll share some of that but it was a thrill to be able to grab cheryl this afternoon and uh catch up with her so this is part of my conversation with our very own cheryl pavelski congratulations i am so excited for you congratulations
2: Oh boy! Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> it sounds like maybe you've been enjoying the celebration, maybe an after party or two after the Grammys.
2: You know, we didn't make it to any because uh, of the extremely crazy, terrible weather we're having. I-, I was, I was just telling my mom. Oh wait, hi mom. <laughs> we were. Just, I was just telling my mom um, that you know everybody was worried before the show. But it had remained dry. We got in, we went down the red carpet, just the first couple of drops. So we, we made it into the ceremony relatively unscathed, and, uh, but it was the exact opposite when we came out. So it was pretty harrowing rain. Wow. It was something to see people in beautiful, beautiful clothes. Probably some really expensive clothes, wearing garbage bags. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> to protect <laughs> were,
1: Oh, sure. Yeah.
2: They were handing them out as people were trying to figure out, you know, which way to leave. So unfortunately, um we didn't do the after party thing. It was it felt um well first of all we were soaked by the time we got to our car and any after party wouldn't be fun, but it also felt a little dangerous last night.
1: What an unglamorous end to a Grammy night to have to wear your garbage bag home.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's that, that'll keep you grounded though. Right. It does. It does. It keeps you
1: humble. Well, you're Midwestern humble already, but I want you to brag. What were the wins <laughs>
2: okay. last night? This one is for Concord records. I, I started this project uh, 17 years ago when I worked there. So this is for Stax craft recordings, Concord records. Uh, the first one, was for best album notes and that Grammy went to my co-producers Miss Deanie Parker and Mr. Robert Gordon and then they had to turn right around and come back out for best historical album so the rest of us joined them and uh, I was I was extra thrilled because Rufus Wainwright was the presenter in our categories and um, I'm just a big fan girl.
1: <laughs> I loved. I'd asked you before who you got starstruck by, so I'm glad that even if you didn't get starstruck and you maintained your composure, that you got geeked. <laughs> that you were really excited to see someone there like that.
2: Oh, it was so great. You know, I mean, I, I would have loved just. Um, uh, hang out and gab with them, you know. <laughs> but It was neither the time nor place, and I had work to do. So, <laughs>
1: well, now you've got a great uh, opener, though—to pop him an email or get in touch with his people and go, "Hey, last time I saw you, we were on stage at the Grammys uh, together. Let's pick up that conversation."
2: Yeah, we've 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 been in touch before because I've um I've produced some records with his mom, Kate McGarrigle, um uh, of her music, and so um we've been on a few email chains. <laughs> Where
1: did you wind up sitting at the main event?
2: We were just off to the right of the stage, which was um, pretty great seats. You know, when when the uh, uh, pyrotechnics were happening, we were close enough that yeah, we felt them.
1: <laughs> felt some of that warmth? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so from your side so, of things and seeing... I watched it on TV. Yeah, And there were some memorable moments that seemed to play really well, just even on the small screen. Mm. But to be there in person... What Mm -hmm. were some of the big emotional and impressive moments for you?
2: I loved the performance of Fast Car, Tracy Chapman. Her voice is amazing. And, you know, I mean, her songs are amazing, but I just love listening to her.
1: Tracy Chapman seemed truly touched and like that irrepressible Mm -hmm. smile. There's just a real sweetness and pureness to her.
2: Yeah, the whole place was singing with them, you know. I just, it was just amazing. I loved Miley Cyrus. I loved the Billie Eilish. Those were standouts. Um, I don't know if they had it on the broadcast, but after Billy Joel did performed his new song, but he, as, as everybody was walking out, he closed the show with You May Be Right. They did show that. It was fun. They did fun. show that, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. I don't know. There, I thought the... um there were a lot of really compelling and really amazing performances. I mean, anytime I get to see Annie Lennox, who's complaining, right? It's, just, it's a beautiful thing just to be in the same room with her, you know? The Joni Mitchell was just unparalleled, you know? I mean, that, that was with Lucius on backup and Allison Russell and and Brandi Carlisle. That was a really special moment. She doesn't have all of the facility that she once had, but... Her voice was just perfect for that song now. I mean, it, it inhabited the song in a different way. And she still uses those blue notes and those jazz notes to color the melody. And I, I just thought it was spectacular. It was a so, com- so many
1: things. Yeah, it was a compelling, <laughs> tender performance, yeah. poetic. And to have her yeah. slowly revolve in the chair to face the audience and it had the oh, yeah. audience erupt. It was it was very yeah. magical again on screen. And yeah. you realize who else was on stage? Sister yeah. strings are the yep. sisters from Milwaukee. Oh, yeah, that's right. that's yes. right. They're in your orbit now.
2: I know. We have to we have to meet sometime. I've I've never had the uh, pleasure of getting to know them. I did have another uh, Wisconsin person that I hadn't met before come up and introduce himself at the nominees party uh daniel murphy he was one of the nominees for best box set design so that that was pretty funny i, I have no idea how he knew who i was but um, it, it's nice to be in touch now
1: oh so well after all these grammy wins cheryl uh, you're you're yeah. getting to be known
2: this is a good thing Uh-oh. your reputation <laughs> might be preceding
1: you <laughs> What that acceptance speech experience was like and more insights from Grammy Award winner Cheryl Pavelski next on what's on tap on WTMJ. Written Their Soul was inspired and produced by Cheryl Kowalski Long before Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated in Memphis, Tennessee, Stack's founder Jim Stewart and his sister Estelle Axton gave the Stax songwriters a racially integrated paradise where they were encouraged to discover and develop their authentic talents by Al Bell, and they prospered. This set highlights some of Stack's and America's most talented rhythm and blues songwriters: Eddie Floyd, William Bell, Steve Cropper, Homer Banks, Mac Rice, Betty Crutcher, Bobby Manuel, Henderson Thigpen, and others. That is the voice of now. Deanie Parker. She is a Stax songwriter, and she was on stage last night accepting. One of two Grammy Awards that the seven-CD box set written in their soul, the Stack Songwriter Demos, won last night for Best Historical Album, also for Best Album Notes. And as a vinyl junkie, I just love liner notes. You learn even more about the music process. And Cheryl Pavelski, owner of Omnivore Recordings, her own record label, has been working on this project for 17 years. And Cheryl, you may know her already. You heard her on What's on Tap on Friday, and she's a Milwaukee native and a Marquette grad and has been working in the music business as a music producer for decades now. And she got to be at the Grammys and be part of the Grammy Glow, winning another Grammy. And we're going to pick up that conversation about last night's Grammys experience. And now that we've heard that
2: acceptance speech,
1: Cheryl, was the acceptance speech what you envisioned
2: Yes. I've been envisioning that moment since I knew this had a chance. It was important to me that uh, Ms. Parker had an opportunity to have a platform to tell the world about Stacks and, and its importance culturally and historically. I, I'm, lo- I, I'm just starting to look at the pictures. You know, the services are just starting to load them up. And it's the picture I had in my mind. I I couldn't, I could not be happier. I couldn't be more happier or more tired.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I was thrilled when I saw on the stream that that's what you had shared with me on the Friday before the Grammys, that it wasn't so much for you, but that you really wanted, especially Deanie Parker, who you'd been working with for almost 20 years on this project and her loyalty to Stax Records, that you wanted her to be the woman in the spotlight At that moment, Mm -hmm. my heart grew three sizes when I saw that.
2: (laughs) Well, without a doubt, you know, I mean, she's been a champion for the label for decades, you know, to be in a position to pull something across the finish line with her. And then just step aside and let her do her thing. It was it was remarkable. I, I felt for her, though, because after you win a Grammy you have to go do photos and press and all this stuff. And basically, you're walking from the theater. You go underground, like, through a series of tunnels and stuff. And, but, it's <laughs> like I'm Spinal like, Tap. <laughs> yeah. And, and I just wanted her to have a chair, <laughs> you know, oh, just okay. able to get off her feet for a minute. You know, it, the whole day takes stamina. The whole week takes stamina. <laughs> but, you know, it's... Um, it's a lot of walking and a lot of hitting your marks and having a the presence of mind to crystallize your thoughts for the press, and then you walk to the next room and you do more and you walk to the you know so it was the the rush of winning is one thing, and then you have to do all of these other things so uh, she did it though she was a trooper
1: <laughs> hopefully she was riding high on some adrenaline and joy.
2: I sure hope so <laughs>
1: I have to imagine that your phone was like a packet oh, yeah. of Pop Rocks just going off nonstop, <laughs> lighting up with texts <clears> of <throat> joy. Is there anybody that yeah. you heard from that surprised you?
2: I've heard from so many eras of people from my entire life, you know, um, but, you know, also some dignitaries and luminaries, some other uh, musician people that I really love very much. And, uh, you know, some of my Wilco people checked in and. Uh, Adam Weiner from Low Cut Connie checked in and folks with a very good taste in music have checked in.
1: <laughs> and that's got to feel good because yeah. I, I know that this is, it's the music business and this is yeah. your job, but it's also a huge labor of love, the level of detail and the level of research it takes to create mm. the music collections that you do. Does winning a mm. Grammy, what does it do for you other than make you feel great but it does it does it open doors to other projects does it allow you to get to a next level as a business what does it do
2: you know i i, I would hope it would do all of those things um in in reality if if you're a performer you sell more records and you get more streams and, and, you know, it raises your visibility. Yeah. You
1: get more notoriety. Yeah. People know who you are now.
2: Yeah. In my part of the business, which is, you know, I I always say it's like a little cul-de-sac of the business, not to be disparaging, but um, you know, the, the records that are historical based kind of seem like they've already been there. Right. Because I'm dealing with older music. And so, you know, if I say, Oh, I, produced a Beach Boys thing when I was at Capital, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, I know the Beach Boys. Like, they, you know, it's um, but they might think oh, I already have the greatest hits or something, you know. So I think in, in my part of the business, it makes people within my part of the business more aware. But, you know, it's it's not like, um, you know, I hope this project sells, sells more records for stacks and craft. And I hope people might be compelled and interested to check it out. My experience has been it just doesn't do that as much for historical or album notes or those categories. So for me, I think, um, and and for Mike Graves, my restoration mastering engineer, I think people within the business look at it as sort of a sign of we know what we're doing. (laughs) Like the
1: good (laughs) housekeeping seal of approval. You can
2: trust us. Yeah. I think that works. That works in our favor, but you know, you also get a lot of folks that are like, "Ooh, if I work with them, they'll you know they'll win me a Grammy." <laughs> and that's you got to weed that out because it's it's not necessarily so. Yeah.
1: So it's the stroke of midnight. You make it home safely in the mm. rain. And what's mm-hmm. the Monday after winning a Grammy like for Cheryl Pavelski?
2: Um, work Zoom calls. Uh, <laughs> committee Zoom calls talking to you and my mom and <laughs> oh, wait. Hi, mom. Oh, I said that already. No, <laughs> <kidding>. um, <laughs> um, you yeah, can never it's, give it's, mom enough love. I'm sure she's I extremely know.
1: proud of you. And did your brother and nephew have a good
2: time? Oh, yes. In fact, um, my uh, my nephew is quite the musician already. And um, I was so pleased for him to be able to attend This because uh, he plays cello and um, there were so many string players last night on the stage. Uh, What a great representation of what what he you know, if he wants to do that at some point, it's something to aspire to. So the sweetest thing is I heard uh, from some friends who were sitting next to them was they both got all kind of teary eyed. (laughs) That's so cool.
1: That's yeah. right. You know, I, yeah. I, I feel like the older we all get and you get past certain career milestones, it's like making your family proud is one of the best things you can do.
2: Yeah, if I could make my brother cry some more, great. <laughs> <laughs> Without the pinching and the punching. That's yes, right. that's
1: the right yeah, way yeah. to
2: do it. It's just so wonderful that they came out. And it's, it's such a, a, a fun thing to share with them.
1: What should we be on the lookout for your next project? I'm,
2: I'm sure it's a few. With uh, Omnivore, my label, we, we put out sometimes, you know, a record a week. You know, so uh, there, there's a lot of ongoing projects. Um, in fact, you know, just go to com and check it out. But um, for other things and uh, bigger projects, you know I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. But you know I
1: ask because we want to support you. We're, and it's an exciting job that you have. And it's a wonderful yeah. job that you have. Preserving history well, again to win for this stacks record collection during Black History Month. I think it makes it extra special. It's just another layer to an accomplishment and and
2: to what you've you.
1: devoted your life to.
2: Thank you. So so many good things about this project. I I, I just couldn't be uh, more pleased with with the outcome. What what a what a great way to kind of put put a finish line on this this project that has taken so long and. Um, it's just full of beautiful songs, and uh, I hope some of them become other people's favorites because I've felt living with them for so long that, that these are all songs that could have been hits, and they have been in my head for all this time. So um, I, hope, I hope everybody checks it out.
1: Cheryl, thank you so much for spending time on your post-Grammy day. We'll be keeping an eye on what you're doing, and stay safe in
2: the California weather. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Take care, everyone.
1: So proud of Cheryl Pavelski and uh, looking forward to the more music that she's going to have. If you want to catch up on this conversation or the one we had just before the Grammys on Friday, go to the What's On Tap podcast at WTMJ.com. Wyatt Barmore-Pooley has a news update next on WTMJ. That is going to be a sound wafting over the Summerfest grounds again This year. Concert announcements on what's on tap. I like to keep you up to date. And just today, Summerfest announced that classic rockers from just south of the border, Illinois, are going to be back at Summerfest June 28th. And that is going to be... One heck of a summer night, they played Summerfest last in 2021. They were at State Fair last year. They always put on a great show, especially if you're a classic rock fan. You can sing along to every single song. But here's what's even better about this show on June 28th. It's at the BMO Pavilion. So you can be there for free or you can get reserved seats. Those seats will go on sale Friday, summerfest.com. But you can also, that's one of those stages where the acoustics are so great. Anywhere you stand, you really can get a good view of the stage and hear really well. And they've got the screens placed really well. So if you want to rock out with REO, you are in luck. They are going to come back to Milwaukee June 28th. Circle that on your calendar at Summerfest at the BMO Pavilion. And another concert, this time a comedy concert, one to make you laugh, at Miller High Life Theater. They're going to roll out the red carpet. (laughs) for a high-energy comedian. That's what producer Aaron and I decided the best way to describe. Kevin Hart, he is going to be back in Milwaukee, April 27th at Miller High Life Theater. He's just a ball of energy. I feel like he's a very unstoppable kind of guy and full of energy, and he's ready to make us laugh. That is April 27th at Miller High Life Theater, and this is one of those shows. We are now in a world with 21st century technology where a lot of comedians, they're either working on their material for their upcoming Netflix special and want to keep it under wraps, or they just don't want you to criticize what they're saying and post it on social media out of context. But this Kevin Hart show is one of those shows where you're going to have to leave your phone in a pouch in the lobby. or However they do that, I haven't been to one of those super special shows where they confiscate your phone so i'm not sure what that procedure is but uh seems like more and more performers are getting in a rhythm to do that so they can preserve i I think not just the content of their performance but can you imagine being on stage giving it all you got performing shaking it playing music that means something to you and you look out and all you see are phones the tops of people's heads because they're texting somebody else saying, hey, would you get me a beer while you're going? Like That's going to be kind of discouraging when the whole point of a live performance is to share that communal experience. So just keep that in mind. If you're going to go see Kevin Hart, uh, you're going to have to text about it later because uh, it's going to be a no-phone show. But you'll have a lot of laughs, and I, I'm i thinking he's going to sell out Miller High Life Theater. Almost every comedian who's been there recently, including Jerry Seinfeld, John Oliver, they've been really booking some, some top-level comedic talent at Miller High Life Theater. So don't miss out. April 27th, Kevin Hart at Miller High Life Theater, and then looking ahead to summer and Summerfest. June 28th is that date for REO Speedwagon. We're going to find out what some of the movies are during the Black Lens series for Black History Month at the wonderful historic Oriental Theater. That is coming up next on What's on Tap.
0: This monumental moment in black history is sponsored by Tayback Law, Educators Credit Union, and American
1: Family Insurance. Dorothy Jean Tillman. Dorothy, at the age of 17, obtained a Doctor of Behavioral Health from Arizona State University based on her research targeting the reduction of stigma around mental health services for college-age students. She earned her master's at the age of 14 and founded the Dorothy Genius STEAM Leadership Institute to promote mental health services in education and communities, encouraging underrepresented groups in STEAM fields. Thank you so much, Dorothy, for your efforts, your contributions to black history.
0: Listen to 1017 The Truth all month long as we celebrate Black History
1: Month. That is Denise Thomas of 1017 The Truth sharing that story of Dorothy Jean Tillman helping out with mental health. And I like the phrase genius. I was like a clever turn of a phrase there. And it's uh, an opportunity all month long. To reflect, to honor people who have made progress in all fields, whether it was back in the 1700s or here in the 20th century. And Milwaukee Film has a whole department called Black Lens, where they spotlight new creators and celebrate historic films and just great classic films. And in honor of Black History Month, they have some special programming uh, was listening to Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Libby Collins, who had Matt Miller on, film reviewer from On Milwaukee. And this is to catch us up on what Milwaukee Film has going on. February is Black History Month, and I understand that Milwaukee Films uh, has some special programming for that. Yeah, they do this every year
0: now. They bring in uh, a bunch of really interesting movies for their Black History Month programming. They began this month with an encore showing of the Beyoncé Renaissance concert film, which was awesome. And they're going to keep going throughout the month. They were going to do a special retrospective screening of Eddie Murphy's Boomerang, if you remember that movie. Kind of an underappreciated uh, Eddie Murphy comedy from the from the 90s. Uh, we're checking out, they're going to have the horror movie Nanny on the big screen, which is a really good indie horror film that came out, I believe, two years ago. Uh, most people probably missed it. Great chance to see this again. Uh, they're going to have a documentary called Gaining Ground, produced by Al Roker, about uh, black farmers and kind of how they've lost their land over the years and how many of them are trying to get it back. Really interesting selection of movies. So if you're looking for a way to kind of do Black History Month this uh, this month, uh, there's got a bunch of really great options. They have many more, too. Uh, org. you can find the full list. We also posted that on onmilwaukee.com as well. But, yeah, a bunch of really interesting – I mean, don't see Argyle. See one of these really interesting Black History Month movies that the, the Oriental is going to be showing. I will also note they're doing a special Love Hurt series at the Oriental Theater right now as well, uh of kind of twisted romance stories for the Valentine's Day season. So if you want to see twisted Saltburn Ro- on the-
1: <laughs> Yeah, twisted romance movies for Valentine's Day. That's yeah. how I want to send it. Yeah. It's, it's, okay. It's a
0: fun kind of twist on, you know, the, mm. the usual Valentine's Day stuff. But yeah, they're gonna have stuff like Saltburn, uh Which we
1: haven't this- talked about, but I understand is a really weird movie.
0: It's, it's a trip, that movie. Yeah, uh, it yeah. is, it is fun to not watch with the whole family. I can yeah. highly recommend, uh, that. But yeah, they're gonna have stuff like My Bloody Valentine, the horror movie, <laughs> and, and Saltburn, and, and Secretary. Bunch of really fun cult hits back on the screen, Sid and Nancy. Uh, really fun, interesting choices. Uh, so again, yeah, there's there's not a lot new out in movie theaters right now we're checking out, but there is a lot of really interesting stuff, especially at the Oriental Theater throughout the month of February.
1: And you can have a lot of fun checking out the films at the Oriental. And plus, just going to the Oriental Theater, that is an experience in itself because it's so lovingly restored and preserved. And I'm going to throw in one more suggestion on top of Matt Miller's from On Milwaukee. Uh, Ryan J., who's an Oz historian and an entertainment journalist. You probably heard him here on What's on Tap a couple of days ago, and he's going to join me in Toya Washington tomorrow at 1 o'clock on WTMJ. But he was mentioning, and I didn't realize it, that The Wizard of Oz is back on the big screen at some select dates, and one of those dates is coming up Friday, February 16th, and the chance to see a 1939 movie in the oriental theater which was built in the 20s you got to figure like this is exactly the environment that a lot of people saw the wizard of oz the very first time so oriental theater has some great films uh plan your schedule whether you want to see the black history month films spotlighted by the black lens department of milwaukee film or the uh anti-valentine's day movies or just the sweet classic the wizard of oz on friday the 16th i'm sandy and next Inspired by the Grammys, inspired by a Milwaukee musician, and Black History Month, it's the song you need to hear, next on WTMJ.
0: And now, feast your ears. This is the song you need to hear. Most blogs are going to be playing at 10. These go
1: to 11. I'm Sandy Max, and I love music, and I love the chance to spotlight local talent. And unfortunately, this talent isn't with us anymore. Seven-time Grammy Award-winning jazz and pop singer Al Jarreau, from Milwaukee, and just had his own style and was also a really kind man and uh, worth celebrating because we we're just talking about the Grammys. And uh, although he didn't win a Grammy Award for the next song you hear, it was heard a lot. He sang the theme for a TV series called Moonlighting back in the '80s, and if you roll all the way back. Bruce Willis, it was one of his first roles and he was on TV before he became the movie star that he was. And the song you need to hear tonight, Al Jarreau and the theme from the TV show Moonlighting on What's on Tap. Smooth singing Milwaukee man Al Giroux and a Grammy nominated song that you might have recognized from the Moonlighting TV soundtrack. Okay, and if I think about it, it might be one of those things. If you're saying, I've watched everything on streaming, look for that. You're going to see a very young Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard in some of their early TV roles and back in the 80s. And a kind of a sweet thing, Al Giroux, um, passed away. A while ago, almost 10 years ago, and uh, it was kind of sweet that uh, at that time his son had uh, tweeted out that he'd caught his dad singing moonlighting to one of the nurses in the hospital. And also that not only did he love music, but his first priority was healing and comforting anybody in need. So, again, a life worth celebrating and a kind man that we can say we're proud of came right From Milwaukee, Al Jarreau, the song you need to hear on What's on Tap tonight. I am Sandy Max. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening tonight. And if you've missed out on any of our previous conversations, whether it's Grammy Award winner Cheryl Pavelski from right here in Milwaukee or the Bob Euchre documentary, the Al Capone Milwaukee PBS documentary behind the scenes of both of those projects. Catch up on the podcast. You'll find it at our website, WTMJ.com. You can also find it on the WTMJ app or wherever you enjoy getting your podcast. But uh, a new show, picking up some steam and uh, making big plans. So join us tomorrow here on WTMJ and catch up on the podcast. Share it with your friends at WTMJ.com.